Okay, say, Peter, play the intro. Peter, play the intro. Recorded live at Talks and Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tastings Studios, I'm Bullhagen. I'm Vicar. And Peter's here. And I'm in the studio. Whoa, wow, I have so much energy. I told Peter to provide a little energy. I'm not sure that's what we're going for. But I'm here and I have energy. Let's go. So how you doing, guys? Good. Berg's out of town. You'll be hearing from him, though. That's true. I just pulled up from my drive uh, from Kansas City, so I left about 8 a.m. and just got here. And uh, now we're recording a podcast. Yeah. And I'm in elbow deep in funerals, so... Two out of three for this week. Yep. Putting the fun back in funerals. <laughs> and I covered chapel for Berg the other day at his uh, church for the school, and uh, that was good. Any uh, troublesome children? No, they are, they're well-behaved. They're used to this, and, <laughs> and we did a matin service, and, and they seemed to be listening to the sermon as well. They were good. That's nice. So, so I mentioned uh, uh, to you before the... We started recording, and that is, we had a, a funeral yesterday, and uh, every, you know how, Peter, every once in a while, the vicar will just, like, hit my funny bone. I'll just find something very funny, and it's oh, somewhat obscure. That's, that's maybe not even funny, but it's just Like a little here. mistake here and there that just cracks me up. Okay. All right. So, uh, uh, the old, he was reading the Old Testament in the funeral. And it was uh, from Genesis chapter 2, the creation of, of Adam and him in the Garden of Eden. And uh, it ta- refers to a particular kind of stone called onyx stone. Oh, sure, sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, Vicar started reading about oinx stone. <laughs> <laughs> now, how many times does it say uh, onyx in that reading? Just once. Just, just once. once. So it's not quite a prosify. No, no, not not quite prophesying to the prosifying to the bones, but but this one, yeah, it it just I don't know, oinks, <laughs> oinks. Uh, could be, I was thinking, you know, we probably have some some hog farmers out here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any defense on that one, Vicar? No, he didn't no. even know he did it. It just it just happened, you know. You you get in the zone and you do the best you can. That's right. Right. <laughs> you come to appreciate right. how they put the little how to pr- pronunciate words um, when you're reading out of the lectionary, but this was this was a text that wasn't in the lectionary. Mm. So yeah, but you know, as someone who's also made mistakes, I shall not cast the first oink stone. <laughs> <laughs> I think now you know what you have to get him uh, when he passes his vicarage. He gets just a little rock. <laughs> the funny thing is, uh, uh, to me, that there actually were a couple of faces um, in the congregation that I knew, like if I looked at them, that I would have laughed. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, uh, I want to say I don't want them their names on the podcast. All right, but it was these people. Cut it out. Uh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, those two. It, what, I'm sure they like were... if if he said oinkstone and then I I looked over at those. 
<laughs> like if I had made eye, eye contact with with her, especially, yeah, we would have been. <laughs> because there's this uh, unique relationship, Vicar, that I, I I wind up getting with with like kids who had Vickers and confirmation and youth group. Like they all like to think back and kind of chuckle at various things that the vicar did. Yeah, because like the the youth kids spend more time with the vicar than the average sure. member, with all the youth group and Sunday morning and 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 yeah. So because you heard us even talking about some of the vicar stuff, I don't know before service or something. Yep, I did. So yeah, I knew if I had looked at her, then we would have started <laughs> chuckling at Oink's stone. <laughs> I'm glad I could. Put my name in the history book that way. Right. And the thing is, it's a funeral, <laughs> right? Right. And I'm, I'm uh, elbow deep in funerals right now. And, uh, you know, the added pressure of, you know, this is a funeral. We have to be serious. Right. This is this is a very serious right. moment. You know. And, uh, and realize that uh, at this point, I've done so many funerals that I am perfectly relaxed and comfortable in a funeral setting. And I need to remember, not everyone is. <laughs> Within like 10, how many funeral services have you done at this point probably? Well, we counted the other day, just here in Hampton alone. What was it, like 183? Yeah, it, it was pushing 200. That's insane. So. And that's just, just in Hampton. That's just in Hampton, yeah. Right. That's insane. That's a lot. And I've done vacancy funerals at various places as well. They're and, covering for Berg this week. Yep. Yep. So that's all right. We're putting the fun back in funeral. So what have you learned anything <laughs> ab- <laughs> one oink stone at a time, Vicar. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so wait, so how many have you had since you've been here then? This was the second this one the, okay. I helped with. Who was it uh Adam last seventeen point last year? We had a kind of a, a busy streak, like kinda like this. And he was he was kind of Almost concerned that uh, I was relaxed. <laughs> I think I remember you saying that we were talking yeah, about in the, it's the like, podcast. Yeah, oh, everything will get done. I'm not worried. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Yeah, I can. I could tell that it it looks too like when you're tired with a busy week, you can serve energy and then just hit it hard when it really matters. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and I might get a little tired, but. And as far as being worried about it, I like doing what I'm doing. So, well, and so we're recording this what a week and a half ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got you've got something this weekend to look forward to. Yes, yes. Well, first I I have uh, let's see I had a funeral uh, Wednesday. I had a funeral yesterday. I have to meet in about an hour or so with a family, and then I have a funeral tomorrow morning, and then I have to preach Sunday. And then wait, wait, wait. Monday morning, Monday, we have our pastors' conference. We're at 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 the camp. Oh, we do it right in, in Iowa East, and uh, and then I preach at the opening service for the pastors for the conference. pastors' conference. How they how they manage to twist your arm into that one? Oh, what they do is they like to to define the best preachers in the district. Well, yeah, Berg will be there. <laughs> No, I don't know. They they asked me and I said yes. Well, I think part of it is the the one who's on the committee, uh, the conference committee, who has to figure all this stuff out, what we're doing for the conferences and who's preaching and all that stuff. 
is uh I think he's 4.0. Oh, Lingard? <laughs> no. Which one? Burns. Burn oh Burns. So. Oh yeah, cuz Lingard's too far. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's in the district too. Oh, so you'll see him. Yeah, we're staying we're staying at his house. <laughs> yeah, we get Let's see, we have uh in our own just in our district, we have Lingard. He was what? 4? Four? 4? That's how five? I was thinking he was like 4 or 5. No, 3. I think it was no four. It was uh, Mummy Frank, and then Dent. Yeah, I think Dent was. And then Lingard. Lingard. So yeah, Lingard, uh, Ricard is in our s- district. Um. And uh, Burns. And Voss. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you'll get to meet all sorts of different former vicars. So, yeah. I mean, you, you talk about Vickers, like, you're on, what would you say, 17.0, right? 18.0. 18.0. So that's, how many people do you think you are indirectly, uh, like, you're the, the senior pastor or whatever, that you have all these different people under all these different past Vickers? How many churched people do you have right now? Oh, oh you're like a bishop. Yeah. Well, we should start our own Bullhagen district. Like a non-geographical district. Oh, like like the uh, what was what's the other one? Like the English district or something? Yeah. There, there was also I think a Slovakian district or a, I don't remember what was it. That's Soon cool. enough. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. So there's that. So uh, we should uh, move on to the next oink stone here. Um, what are we preaching on? Well, it's Matthew chapter nine. Uh, verses one through eight, and it's uh, the parable, or that's the account of Jesus healing a paralytic. Um, but this is the one that first he forgives the sins of the paralytic. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty short one. Would you like me to read it? Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. We're short on content today. Yeah, I'm. I'm replacing Berg, and it's uh, big yeah. shoes to fill. <laughs> okay, here we go. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. All right. So, uh, I guess you're not, I'm preaching on that. I don't remember the schedule. Am I preaching that, or you're, it's me. I think it's you. It's me. All right. So. Uh, right, do you on. want to talk about it, or should I just give a sermon on it right now? Here, watch, watch this. I'm gonna fill in for Berg. Remember, so, so, what do you, what do you, what'd you learn from this one? Uh, what's, what's the moral of the story? Uh, it's about uh, the office of the keys. Okay, riff on that. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to just give like a? How about I just, uh, just give you a little sermon right now? I don't have it written, but I can. Sure, the elevator version. All right, the elevator version. I'll try and interrupt you. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we all want a miracle, don't we? Amen. We do. You want a miracle, right? Praise Jesus. When people look at this text, they may say, oh, what a miracle. Jesus 
healed a man who was paralyzed, carried on a mat. But I would suggest to you that two miracles happened. The first and greatest miracle is what Jesus said to him. What did he say, vicar? He said to him, son, rise and walk. No, no, before that, it's ruined. I was on a roll. The first thing he said, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. That was a great miracle, vicar, because that statement shows that in that moment and in that person, Jesus Christ, heaven and earth combined. Heaven and earth were joined so that God himself can have the authority not only to forgive sins and then to have that man get up and go. Now, here's a question. What, so, Jesus can forgive sins, mm-hmm. is, but we are forgiven through Jesus because of his death. Mm-hmm. So, but he's just, he can just forgive you anyway of your sins without him dying. No, no, because it is a sacrifice that which by which pays for. So the forgiveness that he gives and the righteousness that he gives is dependent upon the cross. Oh, so it's like a, it's like a timey-wimey thing where like, yeah, I mean. It's kind of like this. Jesus' death uh, for, forgives the sins in the future, mm-hmm. and they also forgive the sins of the past. Okay. So so when he says, in a sense, that's a good point, Peter, by saying, son, your sins are forgiven, what is he then doing? He's sealing his own death. It's not just your sons, your sins are forgiven. It's also, I bear your sins. I take your sins. I pay for your sins. I pay for your sins. And so he, for, he actually heals a man in order to show that he has the authority to forgive sins. And so what a glorious thing it is. And they... Those around picked up on this. Who this guy think he is? Are you God that you could forgive sins? Why, yes. As it turns out. Yeah, as it turns out, I am. And I think this is a very important point when you look at this text because uh, that is why you have the Old Testament that we do, which is? Oh, the Old Testament reading? Yeah. Um, Jacob has a dream of the stairway to heaven. Right. And uh, on that stairway, I think I might have that in front of me here. What does that stairway indicate? That the house of God, that that's the door to heaven. Yes, it is. Um, it is. Um, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. So even that, that connection between heaven and earth is seen in the Old Testament that really is uh, really also points to Christ who ha- opens heaven and earth. That's a great theme we have in Advent, by the way. Rend oh, the heavens open wide and come. Uh, the whole Advent theme is this too, heaven opening. We have that at Jesus' baptism, heaven opening and the voice of God thundering. So here too, we have heaven and earth meeting in Jesus and they meet for the to be the business of, before he too carried away with the healing, the real thing, the most important thing, the greatest need Jesus addressed, and that was the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins. And so, I would suggest this to you. You know, sometimes we get carried away for 
wanting miracles, right? But the great miracle that happened that day was the forgiveness of sins, heaven and earth meeting. Now, we wish that we could have all sorts of different kind of miracles in our life, right? Sure. I think we could think of times where we've prayed for miracles and maybe didn't get the miracle we wanted or whatever. Ah, okay, I've caught on now. Huh? I got it. You got it? I got it. All right. Every Sunday, we come to communion and we witness a miracle. The forgiveness of your sins, heaven and earth meeting, Jesus feeding you with the body and blood, washing you clean through the waters of your baptism, pronouncing at the even at the beginning of the service, your sins are forgiven. And so as you think about all of the miracles that you want, your greatest, your deepest need, the biggest miracle you could ever have, God offers you in his house every Sunday, feeding your soul the very body and blood of Jesus. It is, in a sense, the gateway to heaven with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. And, by the way, the psalm for that day puts us all together. Did you know that? 84. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing to joy to the living God, the dwelling place of God, the house of God. Later on saying, better is a day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For into the presence of God is a safe place, a sanctuary, a shelter where God meets. And at the heart of that is the pronouncement. If you are in the, for- the presence of God and live, there's a sign there that you are also forgiven. And you put that so beautifully for the funeral yesterday, too, as a Psalm 84, as a devotion for the family mm-hmm. before the service. Yeah, that's that's one of my go-to psalms to say yeah. um, that, uh, you know, as we remember that uh, your loved one has gone to be with the Lord, called to glory, um, in the eternal sanctuary of God's dwelling, what's the best way to remember your loved one then? To gather into the house around the presence of God in his word. Right. Um, and uh, there's a professor at Fort Wayne who really emphasizes a lot um, of, of the Lord's Supper in that too. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Table fellowship? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think that can get a little too far. Mm-hmm. You know, but there is something to be said about about uh, if heaven and earth meet in the Lord's Supper through Jesus Christ and the right. person of Jesus, well, then there is a connection with all the company of heaven. I, I think you can be go too far and make it almost a, a hokey pokey spooky thing, which I don't like to do. But it is good to remember that that connection and that there is a real connection, and to think of the Lord's Supper as not just you and Jesus. But also it says something about you and those you commune with. And it also says something about those and you who are in the kingdom of heaven. Which is extremely comforting for those who are mourning and where church might be a place that they really miss their loved one. Mm-hmm. But how, how much closer can you get back to them than the Lord's Supper on, on this side of, of heaven? Have you noticed a trend, by the way, of one thing I like to do with communion hymns, I generally would ha- like to have um, one of my communion hymns, a second one, either to have uh, an Easter resurrection yeah, theme. Yep, I've noticed that. Or 
something that has to do with the church triumphant. Uh, all for all the saints, or behold a host arrayed in white that we've sung recently. It's fitting. Um, and uh, those type of things, just to remind her what's going on. Songs about resurrection and heaven. Um, so, all right. So we have heard from Hannah. Yeah, so uh, we I think we requested Hannah. I'm not sure if that was on the podcast or just in our text chain. Uh, we requested that Hannah review our new uh, album art and logo. And she just got it to us just about, I don't know, an hour ago. So none of us have read it yet. So so if you want to uh, take a look, well, I guess if you're listening, you probably can see on your phone or on your computer or those who are watching at home. <laughs> Do you want know to say that, Vicar? Because I, I talk to my mom and dad, Peter's mm-hmm. grandma and grandpa, and I hear, yeah, we're just in the middle of watching your episode. Okay. They put it on their computer and they watch it. To listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of understand that from a different aspect. When I'm driving, I have trouble seeing if there's too much noise in the background. Mm-hmm. It's kind of connected, right? I suppose. Yeah. Unless it's like heavy metal, in which case. So so we have this new, uh, this new uh, updated logo, and we have album art. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter went through a kind of a nice process, by the way. Uh, we're hoping to get some updated then some T-shirts to be made available. Is there any progress on that? Uh, yeah, we're still working on it. Okay, it's a slow process. It's it's being done in typical clerical heirs fashion. <laughs> yeah. Um, our our artist is very busy right now. Yeah, our 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 artist gets the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he fits right in. Sorry, Zach. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. He doesn't listen. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you want to say something about what happened? Do we say something about? Uh, okay, I think we're done. How does the how does the new album art look? Oh, did we? I don't remember if we said that. So we're. Uh, <laughs> I sent out my. Uh, okay, I think this is our final art, and I sent it to our text chain, and we were all looking at it, and then I don't know, maybe half an hour later. I get a text from Bullhagen and it says clerical is spelled wrong. <laughs> it was clerkial. <laughs> and we, we couldn't believe that it got through as many layers as it did until and just now. I'm the one. And you're the one that caught it. The person who was just asking me the other week if he was dyslexic. <laughs> and so uh, what's funny about it is it's like they kind of – it's on par. It's on par, It's yeah. on par. We could have put it out and it would have been fine because right. it's an error. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we have our new uh, our new art. And with it, I actually made a new uh, website as well. So clericalerrors.org has a new refreshed look. Um, and uh, I like it a lot. I think it's good. I really like the new player too. If you guys use the player on the internet, on the mm-hmm. website. If you're watching at home. If you're watching at home. I really like that new player. It's a... Uh, it's a lot nicer than the old one. I like the black. It's like a how would I describe the black? It's an oinks black. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know what the title of the episode is going to be, right? Uh-huh. I do. I have a feeling. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, not to get off topic here. Uh, so Hannah sent in our new clerical errors logo review. Uh, she said she's busy with her little one, 
And so I'm going to read it for her. Here we go. Uh, in case the listener has not seen the new album art or has already forgotten the old one in the lapse between the rebrand and my untimely review, here's a rundown of the major differences and updates. First, the name of the hosts remain in white type, but now this white type is against a black background, so you have a chance of actually reading their names. The size of the type remains comically small. Perhaps the tiny type shows humility on the part of the hosts, or indifference on the part of the producer, who can say? Uh, Second, the Latin prayers that ran horizontally in the old album art are now tipped vertically, rendering them even more difficult to parse and more like window dressing. Curious choice for the Apostles' Creed and the Lord's Prayer suits. (laughs) Um, Third, the multicolored melted ice cream background was was replaced by a uniform robin's egg blue background. Gotta get away from anything that might suggest a rainbow of colors and ergo false unity with our ELCA brethren. Or sloppiness with one's ice cream. I heartily approve. Uh, Fourth and finally, the intrepid suits devised an actual symbolic logo, a cross-tipped 45 degrees to the left, overlaying a circle. Or is it an X with an overextended right leg? Or is it, as was my initial impression, a rotated, inverted female gender symbol? Uh, I suppose the last interpretation says more about me than about the designers. (laughs) I applaud the efforts of producer Peter and designer Zach. That's his name, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, there is. This is a brand built to last at least another 100 episodes. Well, thank you, Hannah. If I'm not mistaken, Peter, it was actually uh, it's an air symbol that's extended into a cross. Is that? Yes, yes. So it's supposed to be like the, the X in a circle, like, oh, no, we hit an error. Like, in, like your, your computer pops up an error. And then just uh, the X, one of the X's is extended to make it into a cross. Overall, Hannah likes our new logo, and I do too. I, I like it a lot. And hopefully I can get that merch going sometime within the next year and a half. <laughs> so we mentioned that Berg is not here. Um, and uh, why don't we uh, – we haven't played any music. Can we put a – before I get into – this next topic, can we uh, play a uh, Pastorpiece Theater intro? Sure, if that's what you want to do. We yeah. did that last week, too, actually. I get, see, the thing is, when we do a show without any intros, I get bored. <laughs> ah, I see. It's, a, it's, a, it's like there's something in me that's bothered when we don't have segments with bits or music. Wait, you know what? Is it better if I just like play four or five of them overlapped on each other right now? Uh, No, that no? would be that would be too too. But he, too much. But you notice, like, even when I'm doing a show, like, I have to edit. Like, I'll throw in, like, a Matt Harrison rap. Oh, yes, or... I'm, I'm fully aware. I think it's like a hallmark of your editing versus my editing is that my editing is the normal one that everybody's used to. And your editing has every single song until it stops and then plus a couple extra songs. Right. Which isn't bad. It's different. Or if it's, uh, it's a different style. Uh, <laughs> it's just not my style. <laughs> And you're the producer, so. <laughs> so we have, thank you for that lovely intro, Peter. Did we play it yet? Hang on, let me play it now. So uh, welcome to Pastor's Peace Theater with Pastor Berg. <laughs> All right. So uh, we at the show are awfully proud of Berg today because while well, I'm doing all his funerals. <laughs> <laughs> 
He is at the the classics, the Lutheran. What is it called? The Lutheranism in the classics. That's right. Lutheranism conference in the classics. And uh, and while he's there, in in Fort Wayne, Indiana, he got to preach at the chapel. So so I have a copy of that sermon that he preached today, and I would like to uh, to to have us listen to it. So. Um, how do you describe the chapel service to kind of place everyone uh, in the the chapel service setting? It looked like, it looked like it was pretty packed. Okay, so you have all the seminarians um, trying to you know sing their best and chant their best. Um, you've got a seminarian leading the liturgy, most likely, unless it's a divine service. And you either have professors preaching or a, a guest preacher, which is what Berg was for that, um, and, and also some deaconess students and other staff. What does uh, what does the inside of that building look like? To me, it looks like a tent, like a tent. <laughs> like it's really, it's really triangle tall. shaped. Yes, good acoustics, concrete floor, walnut pews, and a high ceiling. As as a as a engineer as a civil engineer do you marvel at, at how they built that a little bit i'm wondering if that's precast concrete for the ceiling but that's just me <laughs> oh you know we found something that you have that none of us have vicar okay. explain <laughs> uh, a construction background as a construction engineer so um i used to work on a lot of building projects see them constructed be start to finish it's kind of like what I've noticed about this is uh, my daughter, who was an English major, has a T-shirt that says, I'm silently judging your grammar. Right. So you walk into various buildings, you kind of shake your head that all those screws aren't lined up properly or that ventilation system could have been done a little better. Yeah, like at the wellness center, I'm wondering why the... Wait, wait, the freak factory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Continue. Why the the roofing bolts sticking out of the ceiling, the roofing fasteners, why, why they're in the pattern they are and not a more standard pattern for, for roofs of that type. Because you can see them from below. It's a curse now. You can't not see things. So then, so because, oh, this is, this, this is going to open a can of worms then. So uh, what about the library, the new library? Ooh, I want to hear about this too. How, what do you think of the new library? I think it's, I think it's great. I like to go upstairs where there's a lot of light. Right. I guess the only thing that ever bothers me is all the wasted roof space with the green roof, the gardens and stuff they have up there, and the patio bricks you're not really supposed to put too much weight on because they move if you've walked up there. No. Interesting. I like how you kind of go down and it's like you're in the water. Yeah. My guess is that was because of baptism. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it it had a motive behind it, yeah. They wanted the whole window set up along the lake um, is open, so you can see the lake from every part of the building, essentially. So they preserve that view. Did you know that that goes three floors below ground, even more than the lowest floor there? Really? Yeah, I've been down there for public safety for maintenance, and there's three more floors underground. Uh, what do they have down there? Do we not know? Is it a secret? Big air handling units. Secrets. Pumps to keep the water out. Uh, do, maybe uh, is that where a lot of the former seminary professors are buried? Maybe that's where the they keep the sacrifices. Oh, 
<laughs> what are they not telling <laughs> us? <laughs> That's a note to Peter to play the X Files. <laughs> we'll see. So for me, as I saw that lower those lower levels, I was looking at the massive retaining wall that they have against the pond to make sure no water moves that building mm. or gets. What in kind it. of concrete did they use? I probably high density. I'd imagine could be probably probably not air trained. That's a more of a pavement mix, so it's it's a structural mix of some sort. Okay. So, now that we've uh, bored you, we are ready to reinvigorate <laughs> you with the Berg sermon. Uh, and I believe this, uh, can you open up your Bible to Matthew 5? I believe his text is on, uh, if your foot causes you to sin. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go to, into hell. All right, so as we listen to the sermon, uh, vicar as a preacher, and maybe pastors listening, too, I want you to notice how every sentence is important, Okay how he crafts this sermon, how he does a very uh, good teaching style for the sermon, and exp and also how he tries to um, answer the questions, because this text could bring a lot of questions, how he, tries to, how he does answer questions that people might have about this text, about what okay. this really means. Well, and also keep in mind, he is preaching to seminarians, right? Right. right. This isn't the, uh, the standard... But yet it's it's audience. actually it's 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 complex and in the way it's perfect for that audience. But then again, he uses words uh, and he does explain it in a way that most people would be able to understand right. and understand it. So he does a really this is this is Berg, I think, at his finest. This is why we uh, know and love Berg so well at the podcast. So here we go. Amen. It's strange. It's strange that, as we are attending a conference on beauty, we hear such an ugly text from our Lord. Beauty is objective. The ancients knew it. We know it, though we try to deny it. Symmetry, order, balance, proportion, these are objective characteristics of beauty. How beautiful, then, is the one-eyed man? The one-eyed man is ugly. Why else does he need an eye patch? You could, of course, try to see an ethical or religious beauty in all this cutting off and plucking out. Cutting off limbs and mutilating flesh may not only be an antidote for sin, that's, that would be the ethical beauty, but this sort of mutilation might also open a gateway to altered states of consciousness, religious beauty. Religions all over the world have mutilations and mortifications which are used for spiritual benefits. The Plains cultures have their sun dances, where the dancers' bare chests are pegged with rawhide thorns. The Charak Puja, a Hindu folk festival in honor of the god Shiva, has featured body suspensions with hooks for thousands of years. In our modern age, while squeamish is not absent of this sort of thing either, there is the Church of Body Modification, where reconstructive and cosmetic surgery is employed to attain a complete spiritual life. 
Maybe Jesus is just one among many an ancient uh, and modern sadist theologians who celebrate ugliness and pain. But the fact is that Jesus does not leave us with such a fleshly understanding of mortification. Jesus will not let this text be used for sinful man's glorification. He will not allow his word to be a perverse gateway to a new and, de and demonic spirituality which tries to rise above the flesh by pain. Let's stop there. So, a couple of things. Do you notice how, uh, as Berg does, he brings in uh, other ideas, other schools of thought, maybe even a little history, uh, and then he, he then brings in kind of a kind of zooms it then into even how that modern thought of you know body modifications yep. and yep. all those things right in line with that and and you know you notice Vicar how he is very clear and distinct he he's you know he's building a solid point in a very teaching style so I also noticed how and this is another thing about that chapel sanctuary you have to give time for your voice to fill that space. You have to talk in such a way because you hear, almost hear that echo. Mm -hmm. It's a large, hollow space, and he's he's doing that. He's His delivery is great for that. So now he's going to, because people question, are we really supposed to pluck out our eyes and all that kind of thing, right? So he will continue. He strips this text of any fleshly beauty by uncovering the real problem. What I say to you, that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It is not simply the eye which looks at a woman in lust. It is not simply the hand which reaches out to take something that is not his. Pluck out the eye. Cut off the hand. It really doesn't matter. Even if the action of sin is stopped, the sinful desire remains. The heart, dear Christian, is the problem. Pluck it all out. Cut it all off until you are lying blind and memberless in a hospital bed, and it still won't keep you from going to hell. The heart rem So, as he says, I mean, if you were to try and cut off everything that makes you sin, you're just going to, no one will be anything left, ultimately. Mm -hmm. So... You like the progression of thought he's going so far? Yeah, and I'm thinking right now, too, of the, the Taliban that are still... I've seen some headlines that they're still taking off people's hands right now. Right. So this is still going on today. And one thing you'll see here, Vicar, that I think sometimes is often missing, and, and see if you'll notice this, there's going to be some things that he brings out that you can tell this is coming from a seasoned pastor who's used to being out in the parish that you might miss. So I want you to listen to okay. that. Since you've been had two years of listening to professor seminary preaching, see if you can find where that might be. Okay? Okay. Which is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Because who can cut out their own heart? Who can cut out their own will, their own personality? What would be left to save? Who desires extinction? This text is ugly because our hearts are ugly. And because we are ugly, the most handsome of the sons of men became like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty 
that we should desire him. And though his heart was beautiful, full of love for God and for his neighbor, Christ, this ugly man, was cut off. Not just his right hand or his right eye, but he and his body and his soul was cut off from the land of the living for our sake. And now this ugly man, this despised man, this smitten, stricken, and afflicted man is satisfied because he has made his heart, his soul, an offering for sin. And now many are accounted righteous and beautiful. Phew. Well, we bypass that text, right? I mean, there's no more cutting off or death. We can simply be like the petty bourgeois who can avoid the gutter any way that we can. <laughs> Wrong. There still needs to be a plucking out. There still needs to be a cutting off. Because you have been baptized into Christ's death. Each day, through contrition and repentance, you return to your baptism, where the old man is plucked out, where he is cut off, where he is crucified. And even now, our Father in heaven sends you crosses so that your sinful flesh might be killed, cut off. And there are disciplines which we Christians also engage in, like beating our bodies into submission, like St. Paul said. Each and every day as a Christian, you die to yourself and you cut off your evil desires. Sometimes that means denying yourself when confronted with temptation in the heat of the moment. Other times it means avoiding the temptation altogether. The eye that roves ought to be plucked out, and that means that it ought to be denied and disciplined. The hand which grasps too many beers ought to be cut off. That is, it ought to be denied and disciplined. But unlike the sadist theologians, who seek to turn pain into pleasure and the flesh into a gateway for the spirit, we have a true and lasting hope. Because what is cut off here... So that, was the, that last section was the part I was referring to that sometimes is missing in that setting and that kind of preaching from the chapel. Did you mm -hmm. hear it? Am I barking up the wrong tree? No, I think so. Like the talking about... The, the actual practical ideas of avoiding sin and avoiding temptation and actually confronting those things. Too many beers, whatever. Yep. Right, where... Because um, one of my biggest things that I, I kind of... I get tired of when I hear preaching is is this. Is, uh, you know, a preaching about the law is not preaching the law. And a preaching about the gospel isn't necessarily always preaching the gospel. Okay. And so I hear a lot of sermons where you're preaching about the law without ever, where everyone can keep everything at an arm's distance without actually saying, okay, you, you know, where, where Berg does here, you know, look at really what your sins are, you know, looking at your anger or your desire of the flesh and all those things in a real way, not just saying, okay, you can't earn salvation, you can't do it, so here's Jesus. Actually, because I've heard this text preached a lot of times where there is very little. It's more like dancing around, like make sure people don't cut out their eyes or you know cut off their hands or something, and then they don't get around to actually confronting sin and temptation. Yeah, Berg's, Berg's twist, like, oh, oh, thank goodness we got that out of the way. It's way too easy to do. He And, and 
he refused to do that. He right. took it further. Yep. He turned it up. Um, and that's, I, I, I remember in years past, not always hearing that people uncomfortable with the idea of, uh, actually avoid sin. <laughs> actually think about, you know, cause we don't want to be works righteousness so that we want to make sure we're none of that. But then they, they take, they take the edge off the law a little bit mm-hmm. and there's no instruction all the time. Um, or that false belief that, no, I can go to that gathering or party and I know when to stop drinking, if you use that example. We don't even know how to uh, stop ourselves, so we might as well not go at all. Just avoid it completely. He kind of... Yeah, you don't... Like, how often yourself. do you hear in preaching that idea of avoiding temptation, of not mm-hmm. going? Not often. So... That that was the part I wanted. I was kind of pointing you that Peter Peter caught on to a little bit, because um, that's actually something Peter and I talked about not too long ago about preaching, about the law. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, because Peter knows I sometimes get frustrated with. I'm not I'm not a very good listener of other pastors preach sometimes. I'll bet <laughs> we'll be renewed there. Yes, even now the life that we live in the flesh is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself up for us. Because if we are united to, in a, with Christ in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. The cutting off that our God does is disciplinary, and God our Father disciplines the sons whom he loves. And there is nothing so beautiful as a father's love for his sons. Amen. So, not a very long sermon, but very effective. He doesn't uh, he doesn't waste anybody's time. Have you heard the quote? I forget who says it, but it, it goes like this. A sermon need not be eternal to be divine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So, but but that's because every every sentence he had had meaning and was important. Right. It did. And uh, and that's what uh, we should strive for, really. How are we doing on time? We got another ten minutes or so. Okay. Because I'm kind of ready to be done. You're done. You're out of juice. I don't. I don't. I, I think. I think we could end. It could be a shorter episode, don't you think? Yeah, if that's what you want to do. Yeah, I'm good. You got anything way. else you want to talk about, either of you? No, my creative juices are kind of getting squeezed. Got to conserve energy for all those funerals. Yep. So, yeah. And this preaching marathon you've got this week. Oh, it's fun. Well, yeah. So, so you've got your, you've got one more, you got a viewing, you got a funeral, and then you're going to take a little nap. And then what are we going to do? Oh, yes. We are going to the Iowa State Kansas football game because we're there to see the Kansas band. <laughs> <laughs> It's a uh, best of both worlds because um, the my cousin is in the Kansas band, and so I've been going to the KU games. She's in, not just a member. Well, yeah, you're right. She is uh, a drum major. I've been going to the KU home games, and then I found out that they were going to play in Ames, and also that the band was going to travel to Ames. 
And I thought, man, I this is the perfect opportunity to go see KU get destroyed by Iowa State. Right. And yeah, that's a, a little bit of the band and <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm gonna be going to another funeral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this comes out after that, so hopefully it went well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening. I am Bullhagen. I'm Vicar. And by the way, Vicar, where can they get a hold of us? Oh, yeah. Well, they could e- email us at feedback at clericalerrors.org. They can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, or on Twitter at clericalerrorsp, p for podcast. At me, bro. Yeah, and uh, we haven't pushed it uh, for a little bit yet, but if you want to support the show, um, we can you can uh, donate to us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash clerical. Yeah. Everything we go is just directly into, we don't get that a huge amount, but everything we do get goes directly into making the show as good as we can. Yep. So. And there's a link to that on our website too if you want to uh, support us. And this is a great time to tell a friend about the podcast. What you're listening to. That's right. All right. So back to this ending here. I'm Bullhagen. I'm, I'm not sure if I go before Vicar. Do, do we ever well, you're the producer. Out? He's just a Vicar. If I'm, oh, you're right. <laughs> I'm you're always right. last. So. I'm, I'm Peter. I'm Vicar. And may you put the fun back in funeral. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.